Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, MLB Chuck, now brought to you by the Internet News Network, Screenworks Entertainment, Atlanta Mix 108, Smooth Jazz Cleveland, and of course, Dove and Dragon Radio. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below and join me for all the new interviews. And I have a third one, Mobbing, Sophisticated Bullying in the Workplace. Okay, so which one came first? Uh, The Paralegal Guide to Intellectual Property came first. That was in 1994. And then each year I did updates on it because it's a law book. Mm -hmm. And I... Every time the law was updated, I would change the book or put updates to it till 1999. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot of legal research just for my own personal use, so I know how much oh. going into. Yeah, that's my days off and what I do for fun. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm one of those weird people. I write not, <laughs> I write, write fiction and I research laws for fun. Oh, yes. nice, nice. So a lot of, and it's funny because of a lot of my research I do on the Internet. So we that takes us into legal research via the Internet. Yes. Um, there were so many paid databases. You had to have a paid subscription Mm-hmm. to access information on the Internet that comes from the courts that's paid for by taxpayers that should be readily available. So I had proposed that in 1994 or 1993, actually, and it didn't come out yet until 2001. And by then there were a lot of sites that that offered some legal research information now it's getting better. So for my current book of intellectual property, I'm doing research on patents and copyrights and find mm-hmm. that there's more information available on the Internet for doing legal research. Correct. And being a publisher, we do copywriting. And when an author takes their and says, okay, we no longer want to publish with you. We do a, as a publisher, we give you your rights back. That mm-hmm. means I have no control over your book after I send you a letter that says, I give you your rights back. I don't okay. want it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's getting hard for some authors to understand, okay, 
I'm giving you rights back. No headaches, no hassles. Take them. Be happy. Well, let right? me ask you about a kill fee. Do you ever pay a kill fee? Because a lot of times authors go all the way through the process and then they don't have a book published, which happened to me one time. And I always felt like if they're the ones who do not want to fall through the fall, go through with the contract, mm-hmm. that they should pay a kill fee. Okay, um, it very depends. If I'm not publishing, mm-hmm. a, I'm not paying an author for the books. I, I'm not that kind okay. of publisher. So the author's not out of money to bring their books to me. And okay. if I give you your rights back because we're having issues through the one-year contract or whatever the issue is, it's mm-hmm. I would rather the author leave happy and just go away, take your books, and be happy than say, okay, okay. I'm going to charge you X amount of money to take the rights back. I don't... I'm not that kind of publisher. I don't want money for not publishing your book no more. I will, however, if I design the book cover, say, okay, if you want to continue using the book cover, then there is a fee, like minimal, whatever the fee is. Oh, okay. So you charge for designing the cover, and Mm -hmm. if they take it with them, they pay. Okay. Yeah. That's that my sense. idea for being a publisher. I don't want you to pay me just to get out of the contract. If you're not happy with me as a publisher, please take your work and be happy. Yes, yes, I can understand that. But a lot of That's, times it doesn't work out. It's just not a good fit, mm-hmm. and it's not what the publisher needs. So I can understand mm-hmm. what it just comes to an end it it doesn't go anywhere I would rather do that than to get lawyers involved research laws to tell the author dude I'm giving you your rights back go be happy (laughs) then have a Uh lawyer go say the same thing and then cost me money for having them tell you the same thing exactly yes I understand I mean, I love working with lawyers, but at the same time, if I can get around not using them, that makes a lot more money sense. Because if I have to get a lawyer involved, then there is a fee that is attached to the author at that point. That's court costs, legal fees, and, you know, those can get expensive real quick. I can imagine. I mean, that gets into money, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's expensive. I know because I'm a mediator, I settle, well, I settle employee disputes, but uh, the alternative is mediation, but so many people get a lawyer instead Mm -hmm. of a mediator, so it costs so much more. Exactly. See, I love mediators. I love doing things as cheaply as possible. doesn't mean the quality is (laughs) bad. It just means Mm -hmm. I make money sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you do a lot of your re- legal research, and so do I, via the Internet. And I've seen a lot of things since mm-hmm. 2003 to now with legal research being able to 
get into different laws and things. Yes, I mean, as far as patents, I mean, Google just added all the patents to their database, and you can use um, an and-or search. You can use two terms, say a keyword in the title of the patent and the inventor's name, and find patent information. Or if if you're kind of doing a wild-card search, not necessarily a wild card search, but you're looking for someone's name and you just want to see if they have a patent, you can look at the most broad terms or the most narrow terms and find some of the information that you need. Right. And if you, I think if you use like a image, upload an image, and you can search different images, and it'll give you some, an invention close to what you're searching. And you can check out the patterns that way as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and there's different options. There's different databases that have the patents also. Mm-hmm. Very true. I mean, it's getting to the – there's hundreds of different websites, okay, thousands of websites if you go mm-hmm. global. Mm-hmm. And you can literally find all the information you need if you know how to search the haystack for the needle. Exactly. I mean, because the patent office also has patents, and if you just learn the search terms or whether they use Boolean searching or natural language, once you nail down how to search and you get familiar with the database, mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier. Right. Best searching anything on the Internet, not just laws and things, but if you search anything, if you learn the language they're using in order to be searchable, you're able to get to it. Oh, yeah, and Google just has all kinds of options. I mean, you can just ask a question like, when did this happen or you can use the natural language or the Boolean search terms and and nail down exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, you can go into, like, your book, Sophisticated Bullying in the Workplace. How did you get into this? Obviously, you did research, right? I did a lot of research. I was working on my master's in legal studies at Texas State University, and was researching bullying in the workplace, ran into some pages in German that they talked about mobbing. And at first I didn't understand what it was, and then I read that a doctor had discovered there were 45 different actions, different ways to bully and um, harass someone, and it's to make them leave and get fired. And a lot of times they... Um, end up having to leave the whole field that they were in. So I worked on that thesis on the subject, and that was my master's thesis. And then I applied for a fellowship, went to Germany, went to Frankfurt, Hamburg, uh, Stade, different towns to talk to psychiatrists, self-help groups, specialist in mobbing, and I learned so much about it 
and then presented it in my book. I had already written part of the book, and then later I wrote a foreword about how I had this experience and how I based all my research on that experience. Right, and we thought, we think of um, bullying now as it's Internet-based or it's one-on-one based. What the truth is, when you get into a business or something like this, even at fast food restaurants, I've seen this happen, where a whole group, you have one employee that stands out, and because they work harder, work smarter, or anything else, you get a group of people that no longer want that person working there because it's making their job, well, if this person can do this amount of tasks in the same amount of hours, why can't you? So that they have to actually work instead of BSing themselves at the water cooler half the day. Oh, that yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's usually a person who's smart, who's a high performer. Maybe they're highly educated. There's something different about that person. And so that person stands out. And other people in the workplace who are competing uh, don't want to see that level of work, and therefore they become um, agitators or harassers and try mm-hmm. to get that person pushed out. Exactly. Yeah. We see this at any job there is. This can be at the high school level. This can be at the professional level in a legal office. I was just oh, talking yeah, to it can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just talked oh, to yeah. an author not too long ago that's a lawyer down in Louisiana, and they had the same thing happen. It doesn't matter if it's a professional. It doesn't matter if it's a fast food place. It happens. What we have to do is recognize it's happening and put a stop to it. Exactly. I mean, it happens in the military, in a law office, in an engineering company. It it doesn't matter. And like you said, even in a, a food, a restaurant or a fast food place. And my proposal with the book was to have a law passed to make um, status-blind hostile work environment um, illegal uh, where sometimes it's same-sex harassment because the EEOC, the Equal mm-hmm. Employment Opportunity Commission, enforces the laws for people in protected classes, but not everyone's in a protected class. And I think we need a special law for just general harassment in the workplace because the people who, who do this, the perpetrators, will just harass that person to the point of making them crazy and having to leave. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. has gotten so bad if you're not in a protected class, it's almost if you're not in a protected class, you're going to be targeted. So exactly. wouldn't those people now be in a protected class because they're not already falling into another class some, somewhere? Well, I think that's what this law would would address is the fact that you have protected classes, but essentially everyone should belong in a protected class against 
harassment and abuse because Mm -hmm. it goes from from just harassment to complete abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's the major problem. So it, it does go outside the lines of the defined protected classes and just would address anyone being bullied or abused at work. Actually, I kind of like that because if it's done correctly, and we all know how correct the legal system is, <laughs> we could probably get rid of some of the protected classes and just have them all fall under the same law where it protects well, everyone from harassment. I think so, too. I mean, I think there should just be a quality period. I mean, mm-hmm. aside from protective classes, everyone should have equality and be free. I know in England or in Scandinavia they call it freedom from harassment. So the law they have is that you're free to be um, not harassed or abused at work. And so I think it should apply to every single person there mm-hmm. in a job yes. place. So do I. I. It doesn't matter if you have your sexual orientation, your race, your gender, whatever, you need to be protected even if you don't follow in to a already protected class. You need to have those protections just to go to work and be happy. Exactly, because you'll have people in protected classes, like one of the biggest types of harassment these days is females against other females. Mm -hmm. So they're both technically in a protected class, but... um, the EEOC, they have some cases on same-sex harassment, but really you'll have people in protective classes harassing other people in protective classes mm-hmm. or people outside of protected classes harassing other people outside of protected classes. So that's why I think we needed to draw the line and just say anyone should be free from workplace abuse and harassment. Very true, because okay, mm-hmm. being in different um, businesses and stuff throughout since I was sixteen, I have seen the female on female harassment. I've seen the LGBTQ versus LGBTQ harassment. I've seen the <laughs> harassment from one of the protected classes against one that's not protected. Just because mm-hmm. oh you don't share my beliefs, so I'm going to make you nor or you're going to be miserable, and I want you not to be here. Exactly. I mean, they'll take advantage of that protected class status mm-hmm. and harass someone who's not a protected class, and and really that that other person, the person who's being harassed, should be protected too. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lady use the protective status. File a discriminatory uh, harassment against one of our supervisors, and this is back 16, 17 years ago, um, <laughs> and use that to get the manager fired. And all he did was, I don't want to work with her because she's manipulative and doesn't do her job. Uh-huh. He could not fire her because. We had to have a status quota of how many females to men, how many 
protected classes versus non-protected <laughs> classes. And anyone that owns a business or runs a business understands this. You have status oh, yeah. quos you have to fill. You can't hire just exactly. based on job performance. You have to fill the job based on whatever protected class you have to have a minority of. Mm-hmm. So you hire from that pool, and then you can't fire them because then you're throwing your numbers off. Exactly. I mean, you end up sometimes with fireproof employees, and I don't mean to say that to sound derogatory, but you see their heels dug in like they're protected mm-hmm. and that nothing can happen to them, and they can be as abusive as they want to. Mm-hmm. And that's just we, not right. Yeah, we have created a society right now where the protected classes cannot be fired, and the workers that are not protected are then subject to the harassment, are made to quit, or are brought up on charges based on fictional harassment charges. Exactly. Though. They'll somehow, the mobbers somehow build a case, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll resort to anything, like telephone harassment at their home. Um, they'll do anything to to do crazy-making to make that person leave, and mm-hmm. then they're brought up on charges, and they get fired. Right. They don't just quit. They get fired. Right. And this can, uh, again, this can happen on anything from being a, professional in any job that you need a degree to being in fast food. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is our society right now. We need the laws to protect everyone, not just groups. I believe so, too. I think the law just hasn't evolved. I mean, we've had it in place for so long. We had the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Mm-hmm. and I believe some updates to it. But I think it's time to recognize we're in the modern workplace, and I think lawmakers need to recognize what's going on now. Yes. Whereas I, in the past, it was different. Right. We've gone to a point, I was uh, interviewed an author a few weeks ago that had the idea of taking out the hyphen with America. We are the only country that still hyphenates our races in our country. We Mm -hmm. still have the – so we're putting classes in America right there. Once you have those classes in place, now you're opening up the door for any type of harassment because you're not A hyphen America or B hyphen America you are just all these different classes. When we take out that hyphen, we're just America. So now we take that out. We take out one class. Do we still have the harassment that we're seeing in the workplace, in the education, in the whatever, because we're no longer hyphenated. We're just American citizens. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we should just all be Americans because we all came from somewhere else and we're all equal. I mean, that's part of being an American. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that would work I, I think, in, into this law of everyone's protected from harassment. We're Americans. We're all protected from hara- harassment in the workplace. Yes, exactly. I mean, and and we really need it. I mean, lawmakers need to understand how bad it is and mm-hmm. injuries people suffer. I mean, after my research in Germany, I heard that um, people will have heart attacks. They'll commit suicide. I mean, that's how bad it is in mm-hmm. Scandinavia and Germany and probably all of Europe. I think that's how bad it is here. We're just not putting the lens on it to look at it as much as they do in Europe, Scandinavia, Germany, and all these other countries. They're actually mm-hmm. trying to make things better for the citizens where we're still trying to divide and keep people under different hyphens and different minorities and everything else. Exactly. I mean, they just have a different way of looking at things. And for me, they're just totally on top of things Mm -hmm. that their law has evolved and they've started to recognize this mobbing and bullying and abuse. And we've either resisted it or no one understands it yet until they've been through it. I just think we're Mm -hmm. far behind the curve. We are. As a society, we need to do more for our laws in general. It can no longer be just putting a hyphen and having protected citizens when all citizens need equal protection. Yes, yes, I agree. I mean, we need to step up our laws to match those of the rest of the world. Yes, I mean, I feel like, you know, like in Germany, there are, a lot of them are in unions or they're all in unions. I'm not sure, but I know they can call into the union. They have a mobbing helpline that they'll talk to people and try to help them through a bad situation I don't mm-hmm. think here, unless you just joined a separate union, you don't have any kind of backing like that. You're just no, on your own. Right. And the thing is, the unions, a lot of times, if there's a problem with two members of the union, it will back the one that has seniority. It will not give equal representation because it can't. It has to choose mm-hmm. a side. Ah, at I least didn't realize that. Yeah, at least that is with a couple unions that I'm aware of. Each union is set up differently, obviously, because you have your mm-hmm. teachers' union, the police unions, UAW. There's multiple unions out there. But depending mm-hmm. on how it's set up, a lot of times the one that has seniority will be back before the one that's a newcomer to the union. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. If it happens in the same union, in the same building, like, let's see, if you're a welder and you're working in the same metal shop and you belong to the same union, nine times out of ten, the union will back the one that has seniority, unless the union 
heads are trying to get the one with seniority out to get them to retire because the one that's just brought in makes less money than the one that's at the retirement age. Oh. Oh, that just opens up a whole other set of problems. Exactly. I mean, the priority they give to them, I mean, that's that's a tough one because sometimes someone's a good worker, they may have less seniority, but the one with seniority um, feels like they have entitlement or something. Mm -hmm. And I believe in, you know, rewarding seniority, but you do have situations where that person just feels like they're entitled and it really affects the workflow of the junior employee. Correct. But at the same time, if you flip the coin, it could be the one that has the seniority is a good worker, keeps their head down, and the new one has thinks they have entitlement because their family member is the head of the metal shop. Oh, yeah, nepotism. That's a big problem. Yeah, so everything has two sides. Nothing is as easy as we make it out to be. And the law is often black and white, but there's a lot of gray area. Exactly, because I found that with my research, that nepotism is a huge problem because that person just feels like they're entitled to be there if they have a relative there or a relative on the board or a relative mm-hmm. um, who's a manager, and that causes a lot of problems. Very true. And that's across the board. It could be a doctor. It could be a teacher. It could be anything. I'm just using a metal shop because it's easy to explain. Yeah. But no, I understand. Yeah, it could be anywhere. That's where our laws are. It's not protecting everyone. It's protecting individual people or individual classes. That's what your Mm -hmm. law would do is take that so it protects everyone. We take away the nepotism because now we can use that as a form of harassment, which really if anyone that went to school with me, we had a wonderful teacher that said never hire your family members or your best friends. Yeah. We learned that in and in a history class, actually. <laughs> wow. Now I've learned that, too. I've been in situations where there's a nepotism employee, and it causes huge problems. I mean, Very they feel true. like they're entitled to be there, and they're not going to get fired, and they become a harasser. Mm-hmm. They become the leader of the mob. So once you have a leader in the mob mentality, everyone wants to follow the leader. Because especially in a nepotism situation, well, they're the whatever family member or friend of, they're getting special treatment, so we want to be buddy-buddy with them. So now we're going to do what they do to get this person that they don't like out of whatever the situation is. Oh, yeah, they'll follow along. It's amazing. They'll follow like sheep. I mean, they'll just feel like that person's the leader and that 
they really don't have a reason to hate the target, but they will go along with anything that the leader instigates. Right, and when you ask someone who's not the leader, why are they attacking, verbally harassing, whatever, this person, I don't know, well, so-and-so does it, so I do it. Or they'll say something that doesn't make any sense at all because they heard that, but it doesn't make it true. Yeah, and I've heard that just not knowing someone, so they don't necessarily know you, Mm-hmm. But they hear things through the leader or someone else, and they'll just go along with something because it's easier to hate someone you don't know. Correct. Well, we're almost out of time. So where can our listeners and followers find you? Um, <clears throat> I can <clears throat> excuse me. I can be reached at five one two seven three nine. Nine zero seven one, and uh, I'm on Amazon. I have my page there, but again, if they want to call me, it's five one two seven three nine nine zero seven one. It was wonderful talking about the legal system with you, and I oh, look forward to with you. Yes, we look forward to reading more of your legal books as you put them out. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed talking to you. It was very enlightening. And for all of our readers, happy reading. <laughs>